Welcome back, guys. This is Faith FM. This is the Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning, and we are into our encounter with God as we get into our encounter with God. Mon, one more clue for the quiz. Mm. By the way, I've got it. Yeah, Lyle's figured just, it just, out. Just letting you know. Just Lyle's put it out there. figured it out. I've solved it. There's only one prize, but there's still a prize. There is still a prize. 1-800-FAITH-FM, if you think you know the answer. Who am I? The next clue is, the Lord said he would make Moses to be like God to Pharaoh and me to be like Moses' prophet. It's pretty interesting. Who's that? Yeah, who that? Give us a call if you know the answer. Hey, Lyle, speaking of our Faith FM breakfast show, I forgot a little detail that I wanted to tell you. (laughs) Um, So last night while I was running around... At the shopping centre with the security guard trying to find who stole my phone. Yes, and praying in the middle of the car park pra- on your knees. Praying on my knees in the middle of the car park in front of all the cars and people driving by. Um, uh, I, I hope some of them are listening so they can actually hear the end of this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my phone. Well, every, I think everyone knew because I was so elated when I found out. I did kind of like go skipping through the shopping centre and hugging and kissing random people. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the adrenaline is, is real, why, all right. This is why we love you, Mon. <laughs> but um, just give Mon a shot of adrenaline; she loses her mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm not good with any kind of upper. <laughs> I'm pretty up as it is. Um, but yeah, so as as I was running around, just asking you don't have, people good everywhere, thing you don't use caffeine. Oh, I do not need it. Um, as I was running around asking random people, I I stopped and asked this chick who worked at a ice cream kiosk in the middle of the shopping center and I started asking her hey, has anyone handed in a phone have you seen a phone and at which point I suddenly froze because I realized she was wearing a Faith FM breakfast show t-shirt oh really and I was like hey I'm on that show and she's like what me no I'm not on the show I just listen and I'm like no no no, no I'm on the show <laughs> there's a bit of confusion for a second you're wearing a green t-shirt <laughs> yeah today I'm wearing you're a green you're not wearing shirt. a Faith FM t-shirt I don't have one I had one but I actually gave it away as a prize oh yeah 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 you know donate that and uh, one of our listeners snapped that up but um, but yeah so it was really cool and, and uh, yeah and she, do you know what and she was like look I'm going to pray that you find your phone so, I found it. <laughs> yeah, so awesome. shout out to memory at Nick's ice cream shop <laughs> oh you, you ran into memory you know you do memory? I interviewed her here on Faith FM oh, one there time. There you go. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. She's I, um, awesome. I, I said to her, I'll take a selfie with you if I had a phone. Um, but then when I did find my phone, I went back. We had a selfie. I'm going to post it on our story. Absolutely. On our, on our pages. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Let's check that out photo memory up there. <coughs> memory and Mon, the two M's. Yeah, it's kind of funny because she works at Nick's Ice Cream Shop and our boss is named Nick. <laughs> and I was like, is this another one of Nick's ventures? <laughs> Got something happening on the side <laughs> yeah. that we don't know about. <coughs> <coughs> anyway, <coughs> Bible study time. This is our 20 million movement uh, segment where we study the Bible, the same part of the Bible that 20 million other people around the world are studying. And of course, here's a challenge for you anywhere in Australia. If you would like to find a small group who is studying this particular chapter of the Bible this week, give us a call and we will connect you with a small group in your area. See if you can find an area yeah. where we can't connect you to a small group. Yeah, that, test that, us that, out. That, that is my challenge right there. That's a good challenge. I like that challenge. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to Acts chapter 14. That's how big the network is. I mean, this is a massive network of, um, of people who are studying together. So it's just a, a fantastic thing to be a part of, um, a movement right around the world. In fact, if you're listening overseas and you are listening by, via the TuneIn app or online, do the same. Shoot us a message. Yeah, absolutely. See if you can find a location where we can't connect you with somebody who is studying this chapter of the Bible this week. Amen. 
Okay, Acts chapter 14. <coughs> Acts chapter 14. The Bible says, For this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And that is what we are endeavouring to do right here, is to share the gospel uh, will be a part of, I guess I should say, because it's not um, our initiative. We're just joining the joining the movement and encouraging it, but uh, uh, being a part of sharing the gospel with the entire world, and in this case, the gospel as found in the book of Acts. So Acts chapter 14 and beginning in verse 1. So they have uh, left Antioch of Pisidia. They shook the dust off their feet, the Bible says. That was uh-huh. kind of a strange thing to do. Uh-huh. But it was uh, symbolically saying, hey, this is this, you, 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 guys have re- yourself, yep. you guys have rejected the gospel. Mm-hmm. And of course, they leave a church there. Yeah, that's right. And they move on. Where do they go to next, Mon? Iconium. Okay. Ever mm. been there? No. Oh, I don't know, actually. I, maybe I have. I just don't remember. Have you been there? No, nope, I haven't been to Turkey. Oh, I've definitely not been there. I've not been to Turkey. No, 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 I've not been to Turkey. No. Yeah, I've been to I've been to Greece and Italy. We need to arrange a trip to Turkey. Oh, absolutely. We should do a Faith FM. Oh, now you're oh, talking about happy. it. Like a Faith FM Acts tour, and we'll go to like all the places mentioned in the Book of Acts. <coughs> we'll just link it with this Bible study right here. Yes. And do uh, uh, and, and invite all of our listeners to come. Yeah. And we'll t- you know we'll do that we'll do uh, we'll tour some, some we'll of it might be a little bit problem but I just suddenly realised some of this might be a little bit problematic. Why? How? how? Antioch in Syria. Well, we'll figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> Antioch in Pisidia, yeah, no worries. Syria, be, yeah, no. not so much. Hey, do you know what? Give us a call and register your interest. I'm serious. <laughs> if you want to do we a could, tour with us, we, that'd we be could, amazing. We could figure out a way of taking the studio with us. Yeah, we could record on, on the road. This would studio, be amazing. Studio in a, suitca- in a couple of suitcases. We could put the studio in a couple of suitcases uh-huh. and uh, we could do the breakfast show every day on the road. This is absolutely possible. Do you know, on the way to work this morning, I was listening, I was ch- channel surfing and um, and there was a group, a, a breakfast show group, they had been stranded in Vietnam because mm-hmm. of the uh, the weather. And so they were just recording, they were airing live from Vietnam. So if they can air from Vietnam, we can air from the Middle East. Turkey. Yeah, from anywhere. Lebanon. But this will be great because you can do all the Israel. history and I'll do all the cooking. That's that's a thought? Yeah, I'd love to cook uh, um, some food over there. <laughs> oh, imagine what that would be like if we reversed that. I did the cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone would be ill and we'd already have no, like half you don't the get knowledge. Ill, you don't get ill from eating two-minute noodles. <laughs> yeah. You just get malnourished. <laughs> It'll be a weight loss, <laughs> weight loss tour. <laughs> well, there you go. We can combine it. <laughs> I think this is a great idea. I would love to do a world history tour. Okay, so yes. register your interest in with us like and we will, do it, we will do it this time next year if yeah. uh, we can get enough people to go. If we can get, say, 14. Yeah, that's how many you need. Yeah, mm-hmm. give us a call. Yeah. All right, where are we up to? Acts chapter 14. Verse 1, they're in Iconium, yes. which we just found out is in Turkey. Do we want to read? Sure. The same thing happened in Iconium. Paul and Barnabas went to the Jewish synagogue and preached with such power that a great number of both Jews and Greeks became believers. Some of the Jews, however, spurned God's message and poisoned the minds of the Gentiles. Oh, man, I like your translation. Mm-hmm. Spurned it and poisoned their yeah, minds. Yeah. <laughs> mine, is, mine is really bland on this one. Usually the oh, King James really? has um, really colourful language, but it this does. time it's just like, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil-affected against the That's brethren. not bad, evil-affected. That's pretty good, though. Yeah, I like poison, poison their yeah. minds. Well, they <laughs> poisoned the colloquial. minds of the Gentiles against Paul and Barnabas. It's not very nice. No. Uh, but the p- apostles stayed 
there for a long time, preaching boldly about the grace of the Lord. And the Lord proved their message was true by giving them power to do miraculous signs and wonders. But the people of the town were divided in their opinion about them. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. Then a mob of Gentiles and Jews, along with their leaders, decided to attack and stone them. When the apostles learned of it, they fled to the region of Lycania, that place, (laughs) to the towns of Lystra and Derby and the surrounding area. And there they preached the good news. Okay, so here we have. So this is a bit of a um, a bit of a repeat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Preach in the synagogue. Preach to the Gentiles. Get persecuted. Move on. Yep. Keep rolling. Repeat. Yep, shake dust off your feet. Yep. Next place. And, uh, of course, they've established a church here in Iconium as they have been going through. It's really sad, you know, that wherever they go, they get this persecution against the Jewish leaders. It's sort of like you, you, you feel like, okay, surely there is somewhere in the world where people aren't just going to get upset and jealous and bend out of shape because somebody is preaching something different from what you believe. It's never, it's never, no. Anywhere that you preach, anywhere that there is God working, there is the <coughs> devil working alongside to create disruption. Like you can expect it if you want to do any sort of missionary work, just expect like the devil's going to have a target on you. It's a it's a very sad thing, and in our world today, we have this whole movement to restrict freedom of speech, yeah, and freedom of expression and freedom of religion. Mm-hmm. And 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 the idea behind it is if you if you can gag people. Mm-hmm then you can stop wars and violence mm-hmm. and bad things happening. Mm-hmm. I would say the exact opposite. I would say that we need to fight to defend the rights of people to share their views, to have their views, to share their views, to proselytize and to preach those views even when we strongly disagree with them because that builds just, you know, in and of itself, it builds a robust society. Yeah, it does. It builds strength, it builds freedom mm-hmm. and it's when people lose their freedoms yeah, that no, frustration <laughs> sets in Desperation sets in, and worse things happen. Oh, absolutely! You know, we try and like, oh yeah, we're going, we're going to, uh, we need to have more security um, and and less freedom. No, freedom creates security, not the other way around. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so moving back to our story here, the uh, the result of uh, Paul and Barnabas's activities in Iconium, uh, more than just hearing the gospel, the Jewish people need to see <coughs> need to see it lived amongst those who profess the name of Jesus. Um, if you have Jewish friends, mm. what kind of witness are you presenting to them? Do you have some Jewish friends? I've never met a Jewish person in my life. Oh no, I, I have. have. I have. Come I have. On, That's the second time I said that on the, on air. I've been wrong. <coughs> yeah, we have Jewish people at our church, Mon. Yeah, I, my my doctor growing up was Jewish. I forgot. Hmm. Yeah, but do you have friends that are of the Jewish religion, the no, Jewish faith? No, I, I guess that's what I really mean. I don't have any close friends who are Jewish. Your doctor growing up was Jewish faith or just uh, Jewish nationality? I wouldn't know. I never yeah. asked him. I was too young. Hmm. So what kind of an attitude should we have towards our Jewish friends who have who are Jewish both by nationality and religion? The same attitude we have towards anybody. Every single person Every on single the person. No, there's no reason to treat them differently. Because they're no better and they're no worse than anybody else. That's right. I got accused of being anti-Semitic the other day. How so? What did you do? Well, I was um, <clears throat> presenting, you know, what the Bible says, how that, um, you know, the Jews were God's chosen people mm-hmm. and that if you wanted to become a part of God's chosen people... Mm-hmm. 
then you became a Jew and joined the Jewish religion, or the, the Israelite religion, I should say, up until the time of Christ. At mm-hmm. the time of Christ, the Christian church was established, and since then, the Christian church has been God's chosen people, and if you want to be a follower of God, you now join the Christian church. So previously you joined the Israelite nation, now you join the Christian church. So you had the, so In essence, you had the Jewish church and now the Christian church. How is that anti-Semitic? That's just biblical. Yeah, that's right. That's the way I see it. Is this something you said on air? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't lie. I, I, I kind of like it a little bit when you get in trouble for stuff you do on air because it's usually me who gets in trouble for stuff I do on air. Yes, you're going to be in trouble today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> um, but you know, just uh, and and you know, the it almost comes across that if you have a theological difference with mm. Judaism today, mm-hmm. then that's anti-Semitic. No, anti-Semitic is being anti-Jewish. People. Yeah, yeah. And I am in no way or shape or form anti-Jewish people. You look people. nothing like a Nazi to me. No. Yeah. Um, I love Jewish people. Yeah. I've got a number of Jewish friends, um, both you know, and, and both who are practicing Jews mm-hmm. and uh, Christian Jews, mm-hmm. and we should treat everyone alike. We have a lot. And the other thing Jews. that we need to stand against as Christians is mm-hmm. violence in mm, any way, absolutely, in any form, in any shape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I would go as far as being a conscientious objector to war. Mm-hmm. You know, personally, I do not believe that a Christian should be involved in killing other people and closing their probation mm-hmm. and stopping them from you know their opportunity, you know, cutting short their opportunity to be able to give their lives to God. You know, some yep. people say, "Oh, they've had plenty of opportunities all their life." Well, okay, maybe they have, but, but that's not that. my decision to yeah, make. That's right. I am totally against war. I'm totally against violence, mm-hmm. but I do believe in. You know, in free speech and religious liberty, and I will defend to my last breath the right of Jewish people to be Jewish, to practice the Jewish religion, mm-hmm. and to preach that Jesus is an imposter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, th- they have that absolute right to do so, and you know, we should never stand in in, in their way of doing so. Yeah, most very very few Jewish people, you know, go down that path. You know, they probably believe yeah. it somewhere in the background, but they're not. You know, I when I was in Israel, I found that um, you know Jewish people were very very pro Christian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what most of their economy is built off is Christian tourism. But so you defend their right to preach <laughs> it, but you wouldn't bake them a cake, Lyle. Oh, okay. Now, of course I would make them a cake. I just would not make them a cake that said Jesus was an imposter. What if they were celebrating a Jesus imposter Because that would be me publishing a message that I did not not agree with. You're not publishing anything. You're baking it. Let's not get into this. Lyle and I will butt heads. Oh, yeah. No, no, let's get into this. Let's go there We're not going to close line the Bible study. Are you going to to bake a cake that says Jesus We already discussed this on air, Lyle Southwell. Yes, and I already backed you in your corner Southwell, using your whole name right there. (laughs) (laughs) We've already discussed the cake baking issue. (laughs) We're looking at Acts. I'm going to start reading Acts just out loud if you keep on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so where were we up to in the book of Acts? We were up to what? Uh, was verse, it? Eight. verse 8. Verse 8. While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. Okay, I should stop there for a moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lystra was different from the other cities that they've been to. How so? Okay, so the other places, that, you know, Antioch and Pisidia, Iconium, these are major cities. Okay. Large trading areas, people from all over the world. Um, you know, significant um, Jewish populations. Here he's turned up in Lystra, and the Bible doesn't say that he's gone into the synagogue, does it? No. No, it doesn't. No. Lystra was a small village. Oh, it was. About 18 miles away. 
Oh, Not a great go. distance. We will go there on our tour, good people. There you go. Yeah, just call us up and register your interest. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Um, so he was the, sitting and listening the, as Paul Pratt. The Axe Tour. I love it. It's, it's Faith FM Tour. Looking straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. So Paul called to him in a loud voice, stand up. And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in their local dialect, these men are gods in human form. They decided that Barnabas was the Greek god Zeus and that Paul was Hermes since he was the chief speaker. Now the temple of Zeus was located just outside the town. So the priest of the temple and the crowd brought bulls and wreaths of flowers to the town gates and they prepared to offer sacrifices to the apostles. Okay, this is a bit of a sticky situation. Imagine if you were here right now. Yeah. Okay, so here, let, let's, let's give it a bit of background. Mm-hmm. Um, this, is, this is, okay, this is Turkey, but it's Greek culture. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Greek religion. What you've got is in your larger centres, the Greek religion was far more secular mm-hmm. and far less um, involved in legends mm-hmm. and superstitions. Yeah. But Lystra is a small village, mm-hmm. a small town. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul and Barnabas um, have gone there and they're preaching and you know they do this great miracle which would, you know, that's really going to catch the attention of, of you know this this much smaller center, uh, they you know they haven't started in the synagogue and all this kind of stuff as they would normally do, and so immediately they assume these people must be gods as yeah. you do. Yep, yep. Uh, if some you know if you, if you were um, a Greek person following and that's all you knew then yeah Greek culture at that time <coughs> you would assume these. Now this is now there, of course there was a Latin poet by the name of Ovid. Ovid, yes, um, who lived in forty three BC. He had earlier recorded a legend of these same two gods, mm-hmm. Zeus, um, who is the king of the gods, and Hermes, who's his PA, mm-hmm. um, disguised as humans visiting a town in the same area, the hills of Phrygia. So okay. this, is, this is very close by to where this had happened. And looking for a place to rest, according to the legend, a humble elderly couple uh, treated them kindly and with hospitality, while the rest of the people were indifferent. Uh, because of their kindness... And hospitality towards these two incognito visitors who were apparently Greek gods. Um, the, couple, the couple had their house transformed into a temple and they were made into priests while the rest of the town was completely destroyed. Okay. Okay, so this is, this is a legend that comes from this yeah. particular, you know, it's 120 years old or mm-hmm, something or other mm-hmm. at this particular era, but it's a legend from this same area. Mm-hmm. And they've been telling it, you know, through several generations now about this particular couple. Okay, so, and this is what they believe. Then these two guys turn up. They look like normal human beings. Yeah. They perform a miracle. Ah, uh, I see. I can see where the story's going. Yep, yeah. They perform a miracle that is just unlike anything that has ever been experienced in the region ever before. And they all lose their minds. Okay, so immediately what are they going to conclude? They've come back. They're back. Yeah. They're back. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we've got two options. We can be indifferent, like, oh, yeah, they just did a miracle, mm-hmm. you know, and move on with our lives. Or we can treat them with the respect that they deserve. Mm. Zeus and Hermes have arrived. And, uh, and if we treat them with respect, then maybe our whole village will be turned into a temple and we will all become priests. And we'll all survive any sort of destruction. And if we don't do that, we are, we are facing imminent destruction. So there was both reward and fear. Carrot and stick right here. Yeah, yeah. 
major carrot and stick uh, scenario that is being played out. So it helps you to understand why a, a little bit why they were actually so determined. Even as we're going to read on um, after the song break, we're going to read where you know Paul and Barnabas are like no 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 this mm. is not this is not the case, and they were determined not to be dissuaded because they were thinking to themselves no this is this is Zeus and Hermes just trying to be humble and testing us yeah and so we are definitely going to you know sacrifice to them it, uh, it was misdirected <laughs> but they were very respectful absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. you cannot criticize them for. You know, practicing their religion mm-hmm. um, with absolute sincerity at this particular point, and of course, you know they've been hear- heard one sermon on the gospel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just one sermon, mm. and you know these are pagan people, so naturally that's how you respond. Very interesting stuff. We're going to have a song break. This is Anna Laura. If you ever fail. You've had enough You've given up on love You think that you'll never trust Well, I can see That your heart's been broken too many times It was wrong, now it's locked up so tight
You're listening to Anna Laura. If you ever fall here on Faith FM, not fail, not fall. I can't see the screen from over here. It's <laughs> too far excuse. away. Yeah, excuses. Eyes excuses. look like L's. L's look like eyes from back here. You can do another clue. I am. Nobody's who got am it yet. I? Ah, you should have got it from the last one. It's about to get super duper easy. Okay. Okay. Who am I? I am the brother of Moses and Miriam. <laughs> yeah, you oh, that's a quick one. Go get <laughs> yeah, in there. Okay. Call, call fast. Call fast. Yeah, call fast. Everyone knows the answer now. Who is a brother of Moses and Miriam? 1 800 Faith FM, 1 800 324 843. We will send you a prize. All right, where were we up to in our story? Okay, so we're up to this part of our story where we have Paul and Barnabas yep. um, who have preached a sermon and done a miracle. Mm-hmm, small, small town called this very, very um, you know, um, religious place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, they're now about to be worshipped as Zeus and Hermes. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's an interesting thought here that just comes to me, Mon. Mon. Have you ever been in a situation – where you've done something amazing for God mm-hmm. and people have congratulated you for it. Yeah, I haven't. It's a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was there a temptation to say, oh, thank you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why? <clears throat> because, you know, people people want to take glory on themselves. It's like mm-hmm. one of humanity's downfalls. Mm-hmm. We've got that pride. We want to, you know, get the pat in the back. So when somebody does something, something great for God mm-hmm. – what should we do? Should we should we not acknowledge it? Like, oh no, nothing happened here, nothing to see here. Look, I always try and say, you know, oh praise God, praise God, mm-hmm. um, to sort of you know, sort of. I don't want to tell them off. I'd be like, no, don't thank me, thank God. I don't want to be um, contentious and and create a rift or anything. Or, yeah, 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 or, yeah. Or, or um, chastise them. So I just want to gently remind them, you know, praise God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was Him. Okay, but let's say that you're now in the situation where you've you've gone and heard a great sermon and seen a miracle take place. Um, what do you do? I'm not going to start worshiping no preacher. No, of course not. But um, do you thank the preacher? Yeah, I mean, like thanks. That really touched my heart. Something like that. Yeah, it's just a good. Yeah, comment. yeah. It's something that you know. It sort of comes to me because I'm a preacher, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I preach. You know, often several times a week. And it always does feel uncomfortable when you know people come up to you after the sermon and thank you for the sermon. It's funny because when they when people say thank you and you go praise God, it's almost like you're you're deflecting it, like it's coming at you and clearly deflecting it upwards, kind of. And thing. I feel that ninety nine percent of the time, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And I sort of feel like don't people actually get it? Yeah. This is not about me. It's not about anything that I've done. This is about what God has done. This is about what God's word has done is what about the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart. This has got nothing to do with me. Sometimes I've preached just terrible sermons, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like I know this sermon is going so badly and when it does, I always break out in a sweat and I'm like, okay, I need to finish this sermon. I need to kill it. It's just, it's just, and, 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 the, heart, and the more you try and kill it, the, the more, more it, it just lives. grows a life of its own and refuses to die and it's like, why won't this come to an end? <laughs> You know, and then you you, you know, and and it was, if it's one of those churches where you go go to the back of the church and uh, greet people at the end, you go to the back and it's like, okay, where can I hide? Where can I hide? You know, and then I've had the experience where I've preached a sermon like that, and I'm just like hanging my head in absolute shame. You know, I'm, I'm giving myself about a a two out of ten mm-hmm. um, for what I've presented, and <clears throat> and then somebody comes out in tears. Yeah. And you suddenly realize this has nothing to do with me. This is the Holy Spirit speaking because Absolutely. I know that was a terrible sermon. It had no structure. It went all over the place. I waffled it, you know. 
And then God puts an angel filter on you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And somebody heard a message completely different from what mm-hmm. I preached. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminds me, it's, it's, it's not about... You know, it's not about me. It's not about you. You know, it's one of the best things about getting nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, oh, I don't like to preach because I get nervous. No, no, that's actually a really good thing mm-hmm. because nerves are simply a reminder. You can't do this. Yeah. But God can. Absolutely. You know, they, they are there to remind you know, because if you don't have nerves, it's like, yeah, you know, like, hey, I can do this. No problem. Yep. No, it's not what it's about. Yeah. Yep. You can't do this, but God can. So what would you, like, if you enjoyed a sermon that somebody else was preaching, what do you say to people? Yeah, I, I, I do say, you know, I, I guess I... Um, Praise the God. <coughs> great yeah. sermon. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great message. Yeah. Really appreciate the message. I'm going to uh, try... Because next that way I, you're appreciating the message, not the person. Yeah, next time I, next about time the I enjoy it's a, a sermon... It's I, the message that the man brings, not the man that brings the message. Yeah. as I, I think as I leave the church, I'm going to shake the pastor's hand. I'm going to say, thanks for letting the Lord use you. Instead. You know that statement that I just made was uh, made by a man who lost his life? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He was uh, preaching like his martyred? last. Yeah, he was preaching oh, well. his last sermon in his church. Oh wow! Before he was, he gave his life his life for his faith, and he says, "Remember, it is not the man that brings the message; it is the message that the man brings." Who was that? Oh, I can't remember his name. He was in okay. England. Okay, right. Yeah. Right. yeah. So I just want to ask a quick question that's <coughs> just burning on my mind here. Mm-hmm. Um, with here, Paul and Barnabas are experiencing the same thing. People are trying to worship them instead of the message, and, and instead of the God of the message. Has this has this had any sort of long term effects with people confusing Paul with um, pagan gods? Has it, has it had any trickle down through history? Like your whole zeitgeist thing, that kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so much that I've come across from that okay. perspective. Okay, um, there's a lot of um, people making correlations with other Greek gods. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, Dionysus and Jesus, and they look at the parallels there. The interesting thing with the parallels between Dionysus and Jesus is that the only inscriptional evidence we have for most of the parallels have come into existence after the time of Jesus. Well. There's no inscriptional evidence for any of those parallels existing before Jesus. Okay, okay. Um, and so it seems that the Greeks actually copied Jesus rather than the other way around mm-hmm. and they incorporated you know you had a lot of that going on your whole Gnostic movement mm-hmm. um, you know that began about 200 years before Christ that was a Greek movement in Egypt so it had a very Egyptian flavor to it mm-hmm. um, but what it was all about was taking Jesus and, and making Jesus one of the other gods okay you know and, and then of course you know your disciples and Judas and Mary Magdalene you know these are all included as your other gods so to speak um, so this was not an uncommon thing happen in those days but it was definitely more focused on jesus than it was um paul Mm -hmm. and barnabas Mm -hmm. even though they do feature amongst the gnostics this is this is really where you have your origin of saints Mm -hmm. and that you know because paul obviously taught that all people who give their lives to jesus christ are a saint you're a saint i'm a saint Uh, anyone who gives their life to jesus is a saint uh but historically of course you had this. Um, you had your, your pantheon of Greek gods, multiple gods. The Egyptians had, you know, literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. And so, when they wanted to create a synchronism between their pagan religions and Christianity, it's like, okay, what are we going to use for gods? And so, they used, you know, the disciples and Paul and Barnabas and all these guys became their equivalent of their gods, but they couldn't be the same level as Jesus. And so, they created Jesus and saints. Okay. 
which are different from Christians, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, a higher level of Christian. Um, a saint, you know, somebody that you can pray. You can't pray to the average Christian who dies, but you can pray to a saint who dies. Mm-hmm. None of this is in the Bible. This all comes from, you know, your pagan concepts of um, polytheism. Oh, it's, another, it's, another, it's another form of polytheism. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, Zeus was never equated. Uh, Zeus and Barnabas, to my knowledge, were never equated with, um, you know, never went on long term to be equated, you know, past this particular instance with, um, with Paul and Barnabas. Very interesting stuff. Uh, Lyle, I think we're going to have to leave the rest of um, Acts chapter 14 for next week. I'm really keen to see how um, this all turns out with these people suddenly trying to worship Paul and Barnabas because there's a couple of interesting <coughs> uh, endings here. They're going to a derby next. Yeah, and Paul has his first stoning, which he manages to survive. But we're going to unwrap all that next week. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to have our question of the day next. If you have a Bible question, give us a call now. 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can throw any kind of question at us and Lyle will have a crack at answering it live on air. That will make
Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. Unencumbered by the cares of the world I feed thee even them Clothe the lilies in the field How much more to me are you worth in the east? I gave my son for you, it's alright I'm by your side and I'll take good care of you you go through He said When you're at your lowest of lows I want you to know I think more of you than what you could yourself My love is deeper than the oceans Wider than the valleys Higher than the mountain tops I gave my son for you, it's alright I'm by your side and I'll take good care of you It's alright I'm by your side and I know all that you go through You are seems too good, but it's true You made me, then saved me Love me unconditionally Father of mine, how did you Give your son for me? It's alright He's by my side and here Take good care of me
You're listening to Melissa Rado with uh, It's All Right here on Faith FM. We have come to the question of the day time. Has our quiz been snapped up yet? No. Nobody knows who Moses' brother was. Or Miriam's brother for that matter. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe, maybe all our... All our, all our Bible students have got prizes and they're not calling in. <laughs> well, they should at least call in for bragging rights, if nothing else. But anyway, what have we got coming up for the question of the day today? Okay. So our question of the day is actually one that um, is a little bit personal as well for me at the moment. I was just I, – the question came in and I was like, oh, hey, that's a really good question. So, the, so it is, does God honour promises? Um, but obviously not Bible promises because, you know, I'm pretty sure we can all trust that God – Honest Bible promises, right? Oh, I had an interesting question come into me during the week about that one, about the conditional nature of God's promises. That's something we should explore sometime if we get time. Yeah, but I mean, for example, right? This is this is what they meant. Like, for example, yesterday, last night, when I couldn't find my phone, I thought my phone was, uh, you know, stolen, lost, whatever. And, and you I, made a promise to God. You made some rash yeah, promise to God, yeah, like I will serve you for the rest of my life if you find my phone. Not that vague, much more specific. But I was on my knees praying in the car park, and I did make a promise to God. I was like, Lord, I'll do this if you, you know, bring my phone back. <laughs> like, what about those kind of promises? It's God. Like afterwards, he's like, Oh yeah, don't worry about. It. Like, no, nah, I knew we're just like in a heat of the moment kind of a thing. Like, how how does that work? Or does he like? Does he expect us to make good on those promises? And is there like a penalty if we don't? Like those are the kind of okay. Yeah, all right, here's, here's the principle. There are a, a, a couple of principles principles here we need to look at. First of all, we should be people of our word as Christians. Mm-hmm. Secondly, we should never follow through on a promise if it is a bad promise. Okay. Okay. So we'll look at the first the first part first. That's um, uh, Matthew chapter five. We'll go back to Matthew chapter five, and we're going to read here from uh, verse thirty three. Again, you've heard that it has been said by them in of of old time, which means back in the day. Mm-hmm. You shall not forswear yourself, but you shall perform unto the Lord your oaths. But I say unto you, don't swear at all, neither by heaven for it is God's throne, neither by the earth. For it is footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shall you swear by your head, because you can't make one of your hairs of your head black or white. You can kind of pretend. Bit of die, but it's not really happening. Does that mean, is the Bible telling us not to make promises at all? Uh, No, 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 no. It's not telling us not to make promises. It's telling us not to swear an oath. It goes on here, (coughs) and it says, But let your communication be yay, yay, and nay, nay. That's (laughs) old English. Yes, yes, and no, no. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatsoever is more than these uh, comes of evil. And so what, what God is trying to establish here is this. As a Christian, you need to be known as somebody who is so honest and is such a person of your word, you never have to swear an oath. Oh. It's never required. The moment you say something, people know that you are going to stand by your word. So back in the, back in the day, you know, they would like, oh, I'm going to do such and such, and they're like, really? Are you sure? Okay, I'm going to swear an oath that I'm going to do such and such. Okay, we we believe you now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what Jesus is saying is, people should always just believe you now, not because you've sworn an oath, but because you're a Christian, you are a follower of Jesus Christ, and you are a person who has absolute fidelity to truth and to standing by your word. Amen. Okay, so that's the first part. Okay. We should stand by our promises. Yes, we mm-hmm. make a promise. God says, stand by your promise. Now, of course, it isn't the, the Bible isn't saying that we should never um, necessarily, uh, you, know, you know, it's actually wrong to take an oath here. It's just saying it should be unnecessary for a Christian to take an oath. 
Okay. It should be it should be seen as being something that is evil if people can't trust you without you making an oath. Gotcha. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Right. That clears okay. that one up. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. to know that. So if I go into a courthouse or something or other and somebody asks me to take an oath, you know, some people don't feel comfortable doing so because of this particular passage right here. Um, I don't have such a problem with that because there are so many dishonest Christians in the world today that um, they've kind of negated this this whole passage that we mm-hmm. have right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a situation that should never have existed. Now, if we go over to Matthew chapter 14, and this is the second part of my answer, is that you should never follow through on a bad promise okay, or a bad oath. Uh, let me see, verse six, 14, verse 6, But when Herod's birthday was come, the daughter of Herodias danced in front of him, and it pleased Herod. And he promised with an oath to give her whatever she would ask. And she, being instructed of her mother before, said, Give me here John the Baptist's head on a plate. And the king was sorry. Nevertheless, because of the oath's sake and those which sat with him at food, he commanded it to be given her, and he sent and beheaded John in prison. Okay, so here you've got a situation where somebody has made a very, very poor promise. Mm. And that has resulted in him being then committed to do an immoral act. If your promise commits you to do an immoral act, you should never follow through on that promise. This is definitely a promise you should break under all circumstances, you know, never follow through on a on, on a bad promise. It's 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 yeah. But God expects be, us to keep our promises. That's, that's right. God promises. expects us to be people of our word. Mm-hmm. God expects us as, as Christians to be honest and to be upfront and to just, uh, you, know, you know, if you say it, you're going to do it. It's going to happen. And people can trust you because they know you are a Christian, not because they just know that you're mon or I'm Lyle or whatever it might be. It is Christ who we should be uplifting in this situation. Well, in that case, there's something I have to go do. <laughs> Thanks for answering that, Lyle. He cries in the corner where nobody sees He's the kid with the story no one would believe He prays every night, dear God won't you please Could you send someone here who will love me?
We were listening to JJ Heller with What Love Really Means here on Faith FM and we are back with our gift of the day. Yes, our free giveaway. Be the first person to call us now on 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Today we are giving away a book written by a Jew. How about that, Lyle? There you go. Yeah. Why not? Absolutely. Who's anti-Semitic now, huh? Clifford Goldstein. <laughs> it's a wonderful One of the, one of the book. most intelligent people I have ever met. Yes, this is a really great book. It's called Life Without Limits. And... Um, it's a really challenging book and it's a great book and uh, the back of it says, how would you live differently if you knew there was more to life than what you were seeing? That something wonderful was awaiting you on the road of life and that you are not on this journey by chance but for a special purpose. Mm. And of yes. course, he discovered a lot of that purpose while living in a kibbutz in Israel. There you go. And uh, if you hear his personal story, his testimony, um, yeah, it's quite remarkable how God worked in his life. He yeah. actually began as an atheist. He's, he's absolutely he was an brilliant. atheistic Jew, and then of course, oh yeah, yeah, this guy's just yeah genius mind. There's a little bit of Solomon, King Solomon, that has, the DNA has certainly been passed on here, and uh, you can enjoy the uh, information that he's been. Yeah, able to but put don't be scared. Just because book. he's really clever doesn't mean he wrote some sort of hard no, no, technical no. to read book. Anyone can read this. It's uh, read it's this. got pictures and color and everything in it, so you can be the first person to call us now. One eight hundred Faith FM, and you can snap up a free copy of Life Without Limits by Clifford Goldstein. And of course, Sue Beasley. Um, has answered the quiz and her answer is Aaron. Is that correct? Yes, it is, Aaron. Congratulations, Sue. Good job there. Yeah, we've got our, our quiz answer. Sneaking it in just before the program just closes. Before the, the last 20 seconds, we're going to send you a prize. You're going to get the Soy and Eastham album, Sue. Uh, enjoyed that one. I think it's our last Soy and Eastham album as well. Thank you, Soyan. Uh, she came in was interviewed a couple of months to. ago and you gave us some prizes. So, yeah, but hey. Replenish our prize box here. Indeed. Stay tuned. We have more great programming coming up. We, of course, will be back next week on Monday after the 7 o'clock news. We hope you have a wonderful, blessed weekend. Well, I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses The voice I hear Falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses And He walks with me, and He talks with me And He tells me I am His own And the joy that we share as we tarry there Nobody else has ever known He speaks and the sound of His voice all the birds hush their singing and The melody that He gave to me is in my heart Just a ring a ring a ring a ring a ring And He walks with me And He talks with me And He tells me I am His own And the joy that we share as we tarry there Nobody else has ever known And he walks with me And he talks with me And he tells me I am his own 
And the joy that we share As we tarry there None other has ever been.